Welcome to The Edge of NFT, the podcast created by Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of Web3 today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts of the business side and also the human element of how Web3 is changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Josh Krieger, co-host of Edge of NFT, here live at FWB Fest, having some really cool conversations. We found a nice shady spot, not so hot over here, and I'm hanging out with the one and only Latasha. What's up? What up, y'all? So good to finally have a convo on the official Edge of NFT podcast. You've been such a great partner for both of our events, NFTLA and then Outer Edge, and it's just nice to be able to catch up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. So everyone should know who Latasha is, but if you don't, she's the epitome of a polymath creatrix. She's a multi-hyphenated entrepreneurial artist and NFT enthusiast, head of community programming at the NFT protocol Zora by Day. Mm-hmm. And by night, she's a singer, songwriter, rapper, producer, performance artist, yep. supporting the creator economy and the BIPOC communities. Mm-hmm. That's my work. That's awesome. So how's FWB been for you this year? It's been beautiful. It's my first year here. Me too. Um, I'm really zen and happy and just chilling and learning a lot, honestly. I feel like the lectures have been really crucial to me and just the journey I'm in right now, so it's been nice. Yeah, I do feel like sometimes the Web3 community can be a little frenetic and all about the networking, sort of at hyper speed, and I do feel like there's something about being in the woods where you're able to sort of process and integrate this information, this education a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. I think the like siloed life that we're in right now feels like kind of a wilderness island that we're on right now and it's beautiful to like gain information in that kind of space because oftentimes we're just gaining information on this phone and not so much by someone communicating it to us or just having really great conversations with people about things. So what are been some of your like recent sort of reflections in terms of where you are as a creator and a leader in the Web3 space and where the space is overall. I just heard this really great conversation on lore and the lore core factor. And I think it really opened up my heart on this idea of storytelling and how we utilize storytelling so often in Web3 and how it could be good and bad at the same time because sometimes people get so caught up in a story of somebody's identity right and that's like all you understand of the person and people evolve we grow we change we turn into new things and I think we need to learn how to give room for that a little bit in this space and I'm excited about that yeah that's cool how have you sort of grown and evolved in your web 3 journey maybe when did it start and, and like how has it expanded Yeah, I like to say that we manifested Web3 into our existence because we were always looking for a means of independence and always looking for a way to kind of get out of the same systems that we are a part of. And so I remember during the pandemic, we were just asking the questions like, how do we get rid of the middleman, essentially? I'm a musician mostly, but I also do visual art and things of that nature. And so when we finally, like, narrowed down what our needs were during the pandemic that's when web3 came to us and i started sometime around 2020 2021 minted my first piece in 2021 on zora what was it called it was called i like that it was actually this piece that was living on my hard drive that i had performed at 
National Sawdust in the Shed through residency program that I was doing and I didn't know if it was going to go anywhere else. I was just like, yeah, it might live on my hard drive forever or it will live maybe on Instagram. And then I released it and it sold in like three minutes and it changed my existence from there out. It became the first music video to actually be on blockchain and also one of the first for music NFTs in general. So I was really excited for that journey. So you're a transmedia sort of multi-platform artist. How do you sort of express yourself creatively in music versus art? What are the similarities and differences in terms of how you use those different platforms? I think they speak to each other. I think visuals help me write the music and music helps me see the visuals and they kind of do a back and forth thing with each other. It's like a really interesting relationship they're having, especially right now. I'm working on a visual album and so sometimes when I create a song, the song will tell me something about the visual mm. and then sometimes when I'm in the visual, the visual will tell me something about a song. And so they definitely connect. I don't know if I'll ever be an artist who could just do one lane of things because they are definitely holistic and like work together. Have you explored any new mediums recently? Yeah, I'm playing in AI a little bit, which has been fun. I also am exploring, exploring new genres of music. So I'm hitting electronic and dance music heavy right now, which I am excited for. I've always kind of been in the realms, but this time I'm really deep in it, producing the, my own album. The dog behind us is really excited about your new, the new music. Know. I'm so excited yeah, yeah. that he's excited. Are they excited? <laughs> One or the other. Is that something you had seen yourself doing or did that just sort of manifest like in a moment? I think being in the Web3 space kind of helped me answer some questions that I was grappling with for a long time as a woman artist in hip-hop. I love hip-hop and essentially it's my first rooted space for music, but I've just been dealing for a long time with the challenges of women in hip-hop and like the lack of expansiveness I feel like. And so being in the Web3 space kept reminding me of my multi-dimensional being and how I could do so much more. And yeah, and so I kind of found this exploration recently, but kind of feel like it's always been there. Just totally. like I didn't allow myself yeah. to step into it all the time. When you mentioned AI, we have a new podcast, Edge of AI, that just came out actually okay. last week. And a lot of folks are sharing things happening in the AI space with us. And it's fun to sort of learn by asking questions. And one particular project I heard about recently was an AI app that lets your AI date someone else's AI <laughs> to sort of see if you're compatible. That's fine. And, and I was just thinking with what you're sharing, like what if your music AI dated your art AI and started like <laughs> producing things while you were sleeping? What would that look like? Oh my God, that'd be so great for me so I could get some more sleep, honestly. There, there might be that opportunity, you know, I, in all seriousness. That's like, cool. and I wonder like what that could do in terms of sparking some new ideas for you because yeah. it's essentially both versions of you manifested sort of working while you get to sleep. Yeah, I mean, that's a creation baby right there, right? Like if my music and my visuals started just dating while I sleep, I'd be so very happy. What are you seeing in the space outside of your own work that, that gets you excited? Like what are some of the projects that you're fanning out on in sort of use cases that you're particularly excited about? I just saw this piece by Shamar, I hope I say their name right, Shamar Bashar that they just did an AI film and I thought that was really incredible because my partner right now, Ja, is also doing an AI film 
and just the idea of film moving into the AI space is really exciting for me. I know yeah. that it's really challenging for some people. We got David Bianchi doing some of the Fraser in that mm, genre. It's nice, really cool. Nice. Yeah, I'm just excited to see how people are utilizing that tool to evolutionize the market and the industry because the film industry, like the music industry, has a lot of issues and challenges that it's facing. And I think if we just took control through AI, through Web3, through all the tools that we're utilizing, we'll really see a change in the market. When you look at where we are in terms of the music Web3 intersection today versus maybe where you would had anticipated we may be. I don't know if you have expectations or you try to sort of always be in the moment. Are you excited, disappointed, neutral on sort of the current moment in terms of the Web3 and music? And where do you hope it goes next? Hmm. Oh, great question. I kind of always understand that these movements move in waves, you know, and we're going to find our ebbs and flows in it. And so I kind of just navigate like that. If anything that I might be disappointed with is just mindsets and fear. Mm. But that's just a part of humanity and that's what we just do as humans. And so I think that's the only case, but I'm excited because I know I still got this amazing tool that I could use for my music. And it really transcends any other tool that I've utilized for my music because it allows me to be all that I want to be. Cool. And how are you thinking about utilizing AI in terms of your own sort of creative process? Yeah, I use AI in a lot of different ways right now. I definitely use it to write scripts for my albums. Oh, cool. Like that. And then I also have been using it for music and finding chords. So there's like this really cool... I don't know. I'm like, am I gonna? I'm gonna promote this tool that it, they, I don't know if I want to sponsor them, but uh, <laughs> let's see. Spark IO is this really cool tool that my executive producer put me onto. Oh, okay. That you could like literally tell it what kind of chords you want. So you could say, I want Stevie Wonder chords, and it will make you some variety of that. So it's been really fun to like play with those kind of things. But yeah, I'm just interested in exploring whatever could bring out the best work. Yeah. That's dope. Anything specific on your roadmap the next few months yeah. that you can speak to at this point? Zoratopia has come is just started back up. So we're doing our URL experiences where we're educating folks on Web3, getting them the 101. It's really for a newbie who never really understood Web3. I'm working on my album, which I'm really excited for. It's going to come out Does it in have March. a name? It's called Start Here. It's coming out in March. And comes with the video game component, which I'm Oh, for. okay. That's really cool. Yeah. I feel like music and video games go together so well. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the best games have great music and, exactly. and great stories. Exactly, exactly. So, so that's a new medium for you? Yeah, I've never actually built a video game, so we're on that journey right now. What type of game is it? Is there anything? I'm, I feel like it's going to be on 8-bit type vibes, like very Super Mario. Nice. Meets like space invaders, kind of old school. Are you gonna be a character in the game? I might be. Okay. I might be. Any cameos from friends? Or? Maybe, maybe. All right. Cool. Um, but yeah, I'm hyped for it. Something I've never done before, so we'll see. It's dope. Well, I'm gonna obviously keep fanning out on you and what you're up to. What's the easiest ways for folks to sort of follow your journey? You could find me at, at Call Me Latasha on all of the socials and my emails as well. So those are the best ways to catch me. All right. Well, let's catch up again when your album's coming out, the game's coming out, and talk about it on the show. All right. See you soon. See Thank you. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or 
Have you received that chain letter? How did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. Hi everyone, Josh Krieger here, co-host of Edge of NFT, live at FWB Fest 2023. Enjoying some beautiful people, beautiful weather, lots of trees. Here with Addy Sidman, the founder of Revel XYZ and has been a partner with us at Outer Edge and got a chance to catch up a little bit and wanted to share the conversation with our listeners. How are you doing, Addy? Awesome. Thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. You guys have been building a lot of cool stuff at the intersection of Web3 and AI, and we should talk about it. But just to give folks a little bit of your bio, you're a pioneer and participatory media, creating apps and companies in the UGC and blockchain space. You run Revel XYZ, as we mentioned, which is a social collections platform. And prior to that, you ran Open Props, a loyalty token company, and you now, the live streaming service with over 120 million monthly sessions. That's a lot of sessions. And as a developer, you've created more than 30 online games, including Matrix Game for the famed Warner Brothers movie. And in 2005, you also co-created K-Solo, the online karaoke service, which was acquired by MySpace. And in 2006, you co-founded Audio Network, Target Spot, a JV with CBS that was acquired by Radioatomy. A lot of companies. You like to build companies. Well, we're still young and it's a passion and a way of life. Cool. Well, let's give folks a little bit of an overview of Revel, your latest venture. So Revel is a personal media marketplace. Think about a cross between Instagram and Robinhood wrapped in social game economics where anyone can create their own collectibles, their own digital trading cards, and anyone can collect them, stake them, and get yield in people through the media that they emit. So how does that work? Once I own you and I collect you and I stake you, if you mint more and when you mint more, I get a little addition of that collection. And so it manages economies around people and around creators. And we work at that intersection of providing value, not just to the creators, but to the followers who are now partners and breathing life into that design space. What does it mean to be partners and to be co-owners through the digital media space? So today we have tens of thousands of users. We have uh, mint every 10 to 15 minutes. We have a transaction every two to three minutes. And yeah, that's revel.xyz. Very cool. And it's a downloadable app on the, I know it's on the iOS because I have it on my phone. Also, is it Android too? Yeah, yeah. So Revel.xyz, Android, iOS, and consumer first. 
Cool. So what's the ratio to fans to creators right now? Like, and how has that sort of evolved since you started? We don't look at Revel.xyz as a creator platform. We look at it as a people's platform with an ambition to become a mass consumer product and that ability for everyone to not just experience the media, own the media, collect the media, but also create it. We all have camera rolls. We're all good in generative AI and making new stuff. And the reality is we all emit media and it has value for someone, whether it's our friends and family or whether our it's... Mom. <laughs> or whether it's a wider audience, yeah. And so part of what we're doing is effectively enabling people to crowdsource their camera roll. There's even a price discovery there where a lot of people are creating generative AI on our platform that's built in. And some of it is worth a couple of pennies, some of it a couple of dollars, and you discover what it's worth. Well, what's been the most money something sold for on the platform so far? Probably a few hundred bucks. Cool. Yeah, so this is really the every human sort of social creator platform where folks can do that. And do you have a sense of your demographics at, at this point in terms of where folks are globally, age range or anything? Or is that something that you don't sort of pry into? No, we do. And we're very interested in it, obviously, uh, so that we can best cater to our users. And our users are in the United States, Europe, India is an interesting market, I think, in general developing countries. Folks are looking for opportunities to monetize. And users, I think the biggest group is 25 to 36. And then a third is below and a third is above. Yeah, that makes sense. So what's your sort of thesis from having started uh, Revel to now in the sense of what's going to ultimately create more mass adoption? Because I'm sure you've tried some things that have worked, You've tried some things that haven't worked. You're exploring and you're sort of advancing your technology in real time. What have we learned about what's working the best? Yeah, I think in the marketplace in general, we can see what's not working. And that is taking existing models like Twitter and adding a blockchain element to it. It's not apparent and clear to regular users what the value proposition is. It's very theoretical right now. And that is that you can move your assets to different networks and move your social graph. But why would I own a piece of media? I think it's our responsibility as an industry to bring this value proposition in a tactile way to end users. And as soon as they realize that new value proposition of why is it good to own, then we will start seeing a shift into the mainstream. And so it's not just the interfaces, it's really making that experience tactile. And that's what we are experimenting with and exploring. So, for example, leaderboards of who are your biggest followers, your biggest owners, your biggest co-owners of your media. That's important, and, both for me and for the creator. And why is true ownership essential? Why couldn't this be done without blockchain, without the NFT layer? I think in the end of the day, the world is moving towards more control to the consumers and consumers are going to learn to appreciate that more and more over the years. And you want to be interoperable and provide that basic table stakes. And the reality is, what do people want? And what do people want to be a part of? And there's a whole history of us as human beings biologically want to be parts of groups. And that's been around since the caveman of owning shared assets, 
sharing the fire, the tools, the food, etc. And today in the digital world, we can have that framework of co-ownership through digital media. And that is not just a financial thing. That is very much a psychological thing and a biological thing mm. of what is my happiness? Where does it come from? What is self-fulfillment? Biologically is getting recognition from the group, recognition for my contribution, recognition for being able to provide to the group some value. And I think all of that is inherent in ownership. And in digital media, we can bring that to bear. And we're very much focused on that. So what can people do in the group? It's not just status. They can stake, they can burn, they can fuse, they can help market the group stuff, they can co-create, and this is a very, very exciting space. So what have you found have been the most popular forms of digital media? You mentioned folks are creating generative AI, art, they're taking photographs. What are sort of the themes that have bubbled up in terms of the types of digital media that people are most excited about? We see two main types, and I'd put them in the broad categories of lifestyle and generative AI. Okay. And the lifestyle tends to be creators and influencers that are already in the market doing their thing and are now becoming hip to a new business model and a new opportunity of turning their media into collectibles and partnering with their audience in this new way. And so that's what you would expect from lifestyle creators. And then the generative AI is a whole new world. And as you mentioned, we have a partnership with Stability AI where inside Revel.xyz, you can create generative AI content. That is very popular. About 50% of the content on Revel is generative AI. And what we hear from the audience is this is one of the few if not the only marketplace for generative AI art, where I don't need to put a price on it because that's how Revel works. It's kind of like people make offers and trade and even barter, but I can find the price discovery of my content. So I create a lot of stuff during the day and the audience kind of crowdsources the best stuff. And if I want to, I mint it on chain and can move it to other distribution platforms. Very cool. So yeah, I remember the press release about that a few months ago and it sounded really exciting. Obviously, Stability, a major player in the AI space. So people can use the tool for free. I tried it. I don't know to what extent it's changed since I, I tried it. You sort of submit your art and then it processes it and then you get an email later that it's been created. Is that the basic Yeah, model? so that's a revel.xyz slash animi. And that's a little bit of marketing lost leader to bring people into the app. And we have hundreds of those created every day. But in addition, once you're in the app and you click on the create button, you can mint from your camera roll or you can just type in any prompt in order to create your art right there and then inside the app or upload a few photos and create your persona, which is a manipulation of you. So there are a few is products. Is there a fee for that? There's no fee. Well, to be correct, we give you a few revs when you come in and that's enough to do a few of these. Cool, and then you can keep going if you yeah. want to. And What's the fee structure for that? I think that we give folks who are coming into the app a couple of bucks to start with. And it's probably enough to do, well, you can do unlimited prompt creation, but then if you want to upload your photo and create generative AI from your face, that's a little bit over a buck a pop. And it gives you 80 versions of yourself 
plus two animations for that. I mean, that's pretty reasonable and probably could be a new addiction for some folks, especially if they take a lot of selfies already, right? That's really exciting, man. So you've been messing around with AI, of course, yourself in prompts. Do you have any sort of tips or tricks as you go about using AI sort of personally and professionally? There are so many great services out there right now to do it. And in Revel, it's free. And my advice is to experiment with uh, different prompts once you come to create on Revel and different filters, which we provide over 100 filters built in in terms of styles and whatnot. But I think what's the most exciting thing about generative AI and the industry and where it's going is that it's bringing collaboration, social collaboration to our fingertips. It's not just that I can create my own art or manipulate my own images or make my own collectibles. Very soon, I'll be able to tag you, Josh, and I'd be like, me and Josh are hanging out in Burning Man, and boom, within a second, without us having to get on a plane, we are having that experience effectively in the metaverse. And you will probably need to approve it and say, hey, on my feed, I see that Adi wants to hang out with me in Burning Man. I like Adi. It also says here that he wants to be hugging me. That's a little too much. I'm married. Maybe I'll change the prompt to me and Adi are riding bicycle in Burning Man and approve it. And then we're 50-50 on that piece of media collaboration as a new social experience. That's great. Yeah, the consent's uh, important. My girlfriend has reminded me many times I can't post photos of her on Instagram and Facebook without her permission. What I think is a good So you photo. add her as a second signer to your yeah, wallet. Yeah, I mean, it's essential, I think. She's going to be really excited when she hears about this because I've been vetoed. I've had to remove some photos. I think she looks beautiful, but she's like, nope, not today. That's exciting. Are there any particular prompts that you've messed around with or maybe someone in your family or a colleague has done and you're like, wow, that's really cool. Like, can you give us any specific examples of, of prompts that you think have produced some fun results? I think the most important thing is to, once you write down a prompt, is to iterate on it and just meditate on it. What else would you like to see that is out of the ordinary? Is it cinematic? Is it not cinematic? What kind of a style is it? What does it remind you of? And just continue going that rabbit hole with that prompt as opposed to just trying like one prompt and then giving up and trying another prompt and staying superficial like a pig flying on the moon. It's really meditating, smoke a joint, have fun with it, stay for 20 minutes on that prompt and the results will surprise you. Very cool. Well, I'm going to revisit the app and, and use some of the additional functions I haven't tried yet based on this call. And I encourage others to download Revel and give it a shot. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for hanging out with us. And yeah, keep us posted on everything you're up to, man. Great. Thank you, Josh. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA, let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, 
to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Okay, we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship, so invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us, and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.